YA books. It gets more chaotic every episode. It really does. I'm Renee. <laughs> I'm Mary. Take it away. <laughs> and uh, this week we get to enter the wonderful world of L.J. Smith literature. Oh my god. Not the Vampire Diaries, which I uncovered a lot of secrets I didn't know about L.J. Smith and the Vampire Diaries in researching her for this episode, which is for Night World, which is I think like her fourth series that she wrote. Um, so... This was originally published in 96, um, but it was re-released in, like, compilation editions in, like, 2008, which is when I read it the first time. So nice. Pretty excited about this one, not going to lie. Um, so there's there's no connection between these books and Vampire Diaries or, like, Secret Circle or any. Oh, I'll find works. a connection. Well, <laughs> the point is, like, vampires work differently in these books than they do in Vampire Diaries. Oh. Yeah. Okay. So she just, like, made some choices. But all of the books in the Night World series are connected. So, like, I have the first volume, and, like, there's there's crossover characters throughout all the volumes. Okay. Which I forgot about. Um, so, Night World. This is the description from the inside cover. The Night World isn't a place. It's all around us. The creatures of the Night World are beautiful and deadly and irresistible to humans. Your best friend could be one. So could your crush. (laughs) The laws of Nightworld are very clear. Humans must never learn that Nightworld exists, and members of Nightworld must never fall in love with a human. Violate the laws, and the consequences are terrifying. These are the stories about what happens when the rules get broken. Dun dun. (laughs) (laughs) So that's another thing I completely forgot. Like, I think all three of the books in this volume have to do with soulmates. Um... Completely, completely forgot about that whole aspect. Um, Are you covering all three books or just the first? Just the first. One. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, that's that would be way too much. Um, the first story that I read is Secret Vampire, uh, in which Poppy, a seventeen-year-old girl, so we're we're fully out of this quinceanera conspiracy at this point, two books in a row. She thought that summer would last forever. Then she was diagnosed with terminal cancer. Now Poppy's only hope for survival is James, her best friend and secret love. A vampire in the night world, James can make Poppy immortal. But first they must both risk everything to go against the laws of night world. So, yeah, that's the setup. And this book practically jumps into the plot compared to everything else we've done recently. (laughs) Yeah, but like, just this was so refreshing to read after Elsewhere because that book was Uh, so... I'm I'm still upset about Elsewhere. I'm planning (laughs) my all the promo. Um, I was about to say spoiler, but I realized this comes out two weeks after that episode. So all the promos are just going to say this episode sucks. It does. As I was writing my notes for it, I was like, this book sucks. As book I was, sucks. As I was reading about it, like doing the episode, I was like, this sucks. It took so, me two. I had to take a break listening to the episode. That episode took me so long to edit because I just hated hearing about it. Anyway, back to anyway, Secret Vampire. Se- secret Vampire, yeah. So it's the first day of summer vacation. Poppy wakes up with an intense pain in her stomach, and she's been having it for a while now, but she's just been, like, 
it's been kind of sporadic, so she hasn't really chalked it up to anything specific. Um, and she's just really annoyed that she's sick during summer break. So she's like, I'm just going to ignore it and like move on with my life. So she goes to the kitchen to eat some breakfast. She runs into her twin brother, Philip, who goes by Phil. This is a classic fraternal twin situation. So her brother is tall, Viking blonde, and classically handsome. <laughs> but she's small, slight, and curly-haired. Okay. Um, she thinks she looks like an elf from a children's book. <laughs> Anyway, Phil is like a straight-A student, star of the football team, the hockey team, and the baseball team, wow. class president. She's just like a normal, normal tea girl. She's not like unpopular, which is like also a refreshing, <laughs> a refreshing twist after like two books ago. Yeah. Anyway, so they have a classic brother-sister dynamic where like they argue, but they still love each other, but no incest. So I'm like, oh. nope. <laughs> No Blue Bloods crossover here. And then they live with their mom and their stepfather, Cliff, and their dad is some kind of, like, wayward vagabond. He's, like, a clown magician weirdo. (laughs) Vagabond clown magician weirdo. (laughs) That's on my resume. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's my job description. (laughs) Find me on LinkedIn. (laughs) So she's in the kitchen pretending to eat dry Frosted Flakes. She eats one, and she's talking to Phil, and then her best friend James Rasmussen comes by, and she has a huge crush on him, as we've already established, and she describes him thusly. He has outlaw good looks, which always reminded her vaguely of James Dean. He had silky light brown hair, a subtle, intelligent face, and gray eyes that were alternately intense and cool. He was the handsomest boy at El Camino High, but there's something mysterious and compelling about him. El Camino High. Yeah, so they live in LA. Okay. Also, oh, what's the name of that famous outlaw that has the James something? Oh, fuck. It's not James Kelly. <laughs> James. I know a James Kelly. That's, there are so many James Kellys. Oh, um, fuck. James. Oh, my God. Why don't I know this? All right. Google oh, outlaw, outlaw James. James. Jesse James. Jesse James. <laughs> wow. That, like, I hadn't even Googled it yet. That just, like, came out of my mouth. Uh, At first, I was just going for a Team Rocket reference, and I was like, no shit. That's the guy. <laughs> but I just love how, like, so many teen crushes are always described like James Dean, especially 90s. I feel like that was Oh, like a they've big got thing. that James Dean something, something Taylor Swift lyric. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> I, yeah. So Phil hates James. <laughs> Yeah. Because he's protective over his sister, and James is, like, known for having, like, a lot of girlfriends. Like, he has—he only keeps around for, like, a couple months and then okay, kind of just breaks off that whole relationship. So he and Phil get into it because he just broke up with his latest girlfriend, and Poppy's like, I'm going to marry this guy someday. He doesn't know it yet, but it's going to happen. <laughs> Okay. Uh, James brought over a new CD, which features the new, quote, ethno-techno release. Uh, Poppy's really into, like, international techno music. Or just, like, weird international music generally. Uh, This one is Tuva Throat Singers, specifically. Okay. Her mom shows up, and they are chatting and making plans. And then her pain comes back, like, super intense, and she passes out. She wakes up just a few moments later, and her mom's, like, checking around. She's like, Poppy's like, oh, this is just, like, gastroenteritis or whatever. And her mom's like, no, you had a pain like this, like, a couple months ago. Like, I'm pretty sure that's not what that is. And Poppy's like, yeah, 
confesses about the whole thing and her mom's like you have to go to the doctor and poppy's Mm -hmm. like no it's the first day of summer vacation i can't be sick on summer okay so her mom calls the doctor and poppy's like sorry james like we can't have our plans today and james like oh it's no big deal like you should definitely get it checked out because it's been keeping you up at night right and she's like what (laughs) because she hasn't told anybody that the pain is worse at night but sometimes james just knows things so she doesn't really like think about it too hard. That's suspicious. <laughs> um, Are we then, getting into some, like, Edward watching no. Bella? No. Okay, okay no. Good. So that's the thing. The setup here at the very beginning is kind of creepy, but then when you learn the truth, this is actually, like, a very secure, healthy relationship. Which okay. Which really surprising. That is surprising. Yeah. Um, anyway, so... James is like, you should really appreciate your mom for, like, caring about you. Um, and Poppy's like, oh, it's so annoying. She's always trying to fix me. <laughs> and so, like, she's like, I wish my mom was, like, yours. And James is like, my mom doesn't care if I come or go. Like, she's like, well, you have your own apartment, so that's cool. And he's like, yeah, in a building that they own. Like, oh, rich. <laughs> oh, yeah, he's a rich kid. So... Poppy's feeling that there's something weird about James right now. Like, he's just acting kind of differently. And she's like, oh, is there something going on? He's like, I have an unwanted relative coming to visit. No, threatening to visit. (laughs) (laughs) We've all been there. And he's like, maybe I'm just worried about you. And they have, like, a sweet moment where, like, it's whatever. And then her mom's like, okay, we have to go to the doctor this afternoon. So James leaves. They go to the doctor. She gets examined. And her doctor's like very concerned and recommends she gets a sonogram because it could just be like a gallbladder thing but he wants to be sure so she gets the sonogram she's thinking about James how they first met they met in kindergarten he was really pale and there was something like just weird about him then too but the weirdness then made all the bigger kids pick on him so when she saw that happening she jumped in and defended him and quote even at five she had a great right hook wow (laughs) so then they became friends and even though he was still weird like he would find like dead animals and like show her them be like oh like check it out i found a dead rabbit uh but okay yeah but as they got older he started to get really hot and really popular but they were always friends so after her tests are done the doctor takes her mom like to talk one-on-one which has never happened before so poppy's getting suspicious and then a nurse comes and gets her and when she goes in her mom's like weirdly calm and her doctor's like oh something came up on the sonogram so you should get like a couple more tests and one of them like requires her to like have fasted the night before so she's like yeah i only had the one frosted flake and she's like that counts (laughs) so they have to go to the hospital like the children's hospital and on the way over or i get i think they go home first uh on the drive poppy's like asked her mom what's going on she's like um it's probably like nothing but like it could be something and poppy's like it's something on your pancreas and she's like yeah so if it's that it's probably cancer right and her mom's like maybe (laughs) (laughs) so they go home and poppy calls james and tells him like what's going on she's like hey can you like look this up for me and he's like yeah i'll check it out on the net In case you forgot, this happens in the 90s. So he looks it up and he finds out what it's like. And it's like one of the worst cancers you can get. It has a very low recovery rate, very rapid and debilitatingly painful. Um, And the average survival is three weeks to three months, which is accurate. All of this is accurate for pancreatic cancer. And so he starts to panic. And he'd known for a while that there was something wrong with her. He could sense something disturbed inside her. Okay, I saw this old, it was probably from the 90s, Unsolved Mysteries episode uh-huh. about dogs figuring out their owners have cancer. Oh, yeah, I've heard about that. Yeah, yeah. vampires too, apparently. Yeah, so 
Like, he could, this is how he knew, he could tell that she was losing sleep and that she was in pain. So it's not like he was, like, watching her. He could just, like, sense. Like a dog. Like a dog. Uh, but he didn't know, like, how serious it was, obviously. And, like, he also realizes that Poppy knows that there's seri- something serious going on. So he starts thinking about it more and starts getting really disturbed at the thought of her dying. Mm-hmm. He, he knows a lot about death and has seen someone die in front of him. So he hates that the idea of that happening okay. to her. And he's always been afraid of hurting her himself, which is why he's always, like, kept to distance from her, but there's another reason. I wonder. None of the night people can fall in love with a human. The sentence for breaking that law is death, but that doesn't matter anymore. <laughs> Meanwhile, okay, <laughs> Poppy's chilling in a hospital room waiting for her tests to come back, and her stepdad comes over. She has another bad pain spasm, whatever. They have a moment. James decides to go to a bad part of town. Ooh. He goes into this decrepit old building, but there's a sign on the door that's just a picture of a black iris, which is like a symbol of the night world for vampires or whatever. There's like oh. different, it's black flowers is the symbol of the night world. And iris is a funeral flower. Oh, I didn't know that. I used to live on Iris Drive. I need to confirm this, but. I know lilies are a funeral flower. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. I knew it was a flower that's also <laughs> a name. <laughs> I, maybe irises are as um, well. Okay, iris flower meaning. <laughs> mm, scratch that. Not a funeral flower? The iris commonly means wisdom, hope, trust, and valor. It can be found in blah, 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 blah. The iris inspired the fleur de lis. Oh, I did know that. But nothing about funerals. Um, I'm just going to specifically Google iris flower funeral. Which flowers are appropriate for a funeral? Mmm. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, there's a Pinterest! Okay, we're going too deep. <laughs> LoveLivesOn.com, funeral flowers and their meanings. Okay. This is a reliable site. Um, we just need Matsukawa. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> we call him up real quick. We call up a fictional character. Yeah. Anyway. It's it's not, we, our Wi-Fi sucks. I, I think it's fine. No, I need I to know. The fine. people need to know. The people don't care. The people need to know. The people also have Google. Iris! <laughs> It's a, it's a funeral flower according to this one website. Okay. It doesn't really say why, but it's on it's on this list. So, okay. okay. Well, Case no- closed. The people know. <laughs> Noted. Anyway, so there's a, a werewolf who's the, the oh. bouncer who like guards the door. Um, they have like an altercation because obviously James hates werewolves. Obviously. It's a cafe inside that's just for night people. So he heads over to this girl named Giselle. Uh, she Blushing. has dark hair and blue eyes and never mind eyeliner in the quote ancient Egyptian style. She's a witch. It was called coal. <laughs> That's what L. J. Smith said. <laughs> so they they like chat for a bit and then James is like, I need a spell to cure a disease. And she's oh, like, she's definitely sitting on how to cure cancer this whole time. Oh, she's like, whoa, what's going on? Like, you're all worked up. He's like, yeah, I'm kind of freaking out, but whatever. So she's like, what kind of disease do you need cured? And he's like, I can't need cancer. cancer. And she starts laughing because she's like, your kind can't get cancer. Like, you can't convince me that Lamia could get human diseases, um, which Lamia we'll get into later the specifics of that. Okay. And he explains, like, it's not for me. It's for a human. And she gets really offended that she he's trying to cure a vermin. And he's like, I don't want to break any rules. Like, I just want to get her well. And she's like, I doubt that. And there's no spell that can even do that, even if I wanted to. Think um, Giselle Bunchen's a witch? No. Okay. Okay. Do you think she would be married to freaking Tom Brady if she was a witch? I'm still not sure why she's married to Tom Brady yeah, to begin with. I think if she was a witch, she definitely wouldn't be. Okay. Fair. <laughs> 
Um, so he leaves the cafe and he goes to his father's psychology practice. So his dad is Dr. Jasper Rasmussen. Jasper. And with that that knowledge, I've decided that Jasper from Twilight is named after this character. Or they're the same person. Maybe. Uh, we don't know what Jasper was up to in the 90s. Well, I don't think Jasper is capable of having children. Oh, my God. James <laughs> is adopted. It's James. <laughs> oh, Mary, this is just Twilight. Oh, my God. <laughs> anyway. So when he arrives, it's like middle-aged rich ladies leaving the office, and she's looking all dazed and dreamy with two rapidly healing puncture wounds on her neck. <laughs> So he goes in and tells his dad about how Poppy's ill. And he's like, oh, that's too bad. Uh, <laughs> but he's obviously not sad. And James is like, yeah, she's dying. And his dad is like, James, we've been through this before. <laughs> you know, your mom and I are worried about you getting too attached. And he's like, oh, just like I got too attached to Miss Emma. Miss and, Emma. And his dad's like, yeah, pretty much. And James is like, okay, well, she's my friend and she's useful to me. Like, I can't just watch her die. And his dad is like, useful. Like, you've never fed on her. Like, but if you feel bad about, like, having to watch her die, I totally understand if you want to, like, make her suffering shorter. And James is like, I thought Take the, the el- gun. <laughs> I thought the elders <laughs> banned mercy killing in this area. <laughs> Not if it's with a Glock. And his dad is like, eh, I won't tell. So James is like, okay, cool, noted. And then he just leaves. So back to Poppy. She's all done with her test. She's eating some hospital food and then the doctor comes in and takes her mom out for a walk and Poppy's like immediately suspicious again. So she sneaks out of her room and follows them to the waiting room and starts listening in. There's another doctor there too and her mom's like sobbing next to her stepdad and Poppy's like, oh shit, I definitely have cancer. She's pregnant. Her stepdad is, like, super angry, and he's yelling about how, like, there has to be something they can do, but the other doctor is an oncologist, and she's, like, talking about the specific cancer and how it's spread and inoperable, and that chemo won't really do anything except extend her life by, like, a couple weeks, and at this point, like, the best option is just reduce her pain and improve the quality of life of whatever time she has left, and that this cancer has very few symptoms until it's very advanced, which is why, like, it, they didn't notice it before, and that Poppy's only the second teenager she's ever seen with this kind of tumor and that she was just really lucky that like her primary carrier was really on top of it I guess uh, but I mean does it matter at this point she doesn't it's not like they caught it enough to do something about it no yeah I mean that's yeah she's like it's a good thing your primary care notified us that shit's fucked. Yeah, so Poppy's freaked out. I would be too. I'm freaked out now. <laughs> this, this is one of those, I could not have read this book because I would have just had an anxiety attack assuming I had can't. I mean, I'm probably going to have that anyway. <laughs> well, I hope you don't. Thanks. <laughs> or at least if you do, uh, you become a vampire and live forever. I want to be a vampire. <laughs> forever young. <laughs> I don't want to be a vampire. I'm already told I look like a vampire. Maybe I should become one. <laughs> so she goes back to her room and she's panicked about how she's going to die. So she calls James from her hospital room, but he doesn't answer. So she leaves a message and is like, call me back right away. Her mom comes in and tells her that some of her friends from school are there to see her. So already? Her, her brother Phil called them to like go see her. James isn't with them. It's just like some girls from school and Phil's also there. And they're all like being really nice. Um, and like Phil's being like especially nice. And Poppy's just thinking about how like everyone like because of how everybody's acting if she hadn't overheard she would definitely know now that there was something seriously wrong why would they this is not the process 
to telling someone. She doesn't, like, you don't have all these friends show up like this. Well, I don't think the friends, so I didn't explain it that well, but her brother was never there to be at the hospital to begin with. I think their mom just told Phil, like, call some of Poppy's friends to visit her in the hospital, like, before they knew anything that was going on. I still wouldn't do that. Like, this is your, this, or, like, uh, anyway, I don't agree with this parenting style. Anyway, everybody leaves his visiting hours end, um, except her mom, who's going to sleep over, but Poppy's like, you should go home and, like, get something so that she can have some alone time. But after her mom leaves, James shows up. He snuck past the nurses because he needed to see her really bad. And she's, like, still freaked out. And James, like, realizes that she got the results. And Poppy tells him that her mom doesn't know that she knows. And James tells her what he found out online and, like how bad it is. He goes, like, really into detail about, like... Again, this is not what you do. How bad... Well, he has a reason of, like, why he's getting so in, into the details. And so she gets freaked out more and starts yelling at him, like, why are you telling me all this? And he's like, you understand that they can't do anything to help you, right? And that you're gonna die. And she's like, yeah, like, I fucking know that. Thank you. Like, what are you trying to do? And he's like, I want to save you. And she's like, okay, well, nobody can do that. And he's like, I have to tell you something about me. She calms down a little bit and she's like, you're just being weird because you care about me. And she's like, <laughs> she literally says like, oh, you really do care. And he's like, you have no idea. I don't really like Their relationship like is cringy, but not, listen, it's cringy, but it's fine. Okay. Just wait. So he's like, you're not going to believe what I'm about to say. And it's breaking the law for me to tell you this. And she's like, the law? And he's you know like, that? You know that TV show with Neil Patrick Harris? That was based on me. I am Dr. Fuck. Ha- Hauser? Dude, what's Doogie it? Hauser. Do- yeah, well, he's a doctor. Yeah, but the show is called Doogie Hauser. Yeah, but Dr. Hauser. <laughs> anyway. So... She's like, what do you mean breaking the law? And he's like, not your laws. I go by different laws. Laws that are supposed to be unbreakable. And she's like, oh, you really are crazy. (laughs) And he's like, I know how this sounds, but I'm a vampire. And she just starts throwing shit at him. And he's like, what the fuck are you talking about? And she's just like yelling at him for messing with her. And he tries to calm her down, but a nurse comes into the room. And Poppy's like, get him the fuck out. But James mesmerizes her, like gets her under a spell. And it's like, as you can see, like there's nothing wrong here. And she's she just leaves and Poppy's like uh what the fuck and James is like I know it's cliche but like he gets the job done like showing off like a power and she's like you set this up with her this is a psychic trick like this is not real and he's like no no it's real she's like okay so I'm the crazy one and he's like okay I did this all wrong yeah I told you I didn't know how to explain it like my people have arranged things so that it would be unbelievable and then he's like okay I don't want to do this but just look. So he leans in and then he like pops out his fangs and his eyes go all silver. Oh. She screams, but James covers her mouth. And he's like, we can't have the nurse come back in. And she's panicking, obviously. Yeah. And he's like, remember all those times like I could basically reach your mind or like move really fast or heard things you couldn't hear. And she's like, OK, but like I've known you since you were five. Like, how have you been getting older if you're a vampire? He's like, everything you know is wrong. <laughs> bum, bum, everything bum. you've ever seen written about vampires was written by humans, and it's all wrong. Every, nobody in the night world would ever break the code of secrecy except, like, mm. So how did right humans now. know that vampires exist to begin with? Um, he explains that. Uh, he, like, mentioned something I can't remember. But the important thing he explains here is that Nightworld is a secret society and that he's a Lamia, which is a child of vampires. So there's two kinds of vampires. There's Maid and then there's Lamia. And Lamia are, are born and they age just like humans, but they can stop aging at any time. They can breathe and walk around in daylight and eat regular food, but they still need 
blood to survive. This reminds me of Vampire Night. <laughs> the fact that there's the two <laughs> types of vampires like that. And it's just, oh, Vampire Night. Oh, Vampire Night. I miss it. And then she she's, like, still hung up on the fact that his parents are vampires, too. And he's like, yeah, my mom's an interior designer because it means she can meet a lot of people that way. And my dad's a psychologist because he gets a lot of alone time with people. And, like, humans never remember, like, when you feed on them after. So his dad is just really taking advantage <laughs> of innocent That's, people. This is breaking some codes. Yeah, breaking a lot of codes. <laughs> and then she's like, oh, so, like, you drink blood? And he's like, yeah. And then he's like, okay, so, like, now that we got that out of the way, like, I can save you, remember? And she's like, what? Like, how? And he's like... I'm going to turn you into a vampire, kid. Like, he, that's literally what he says. So she starts to cry and calls him crazy again. <laughs> and he explains that there's a law against just turning any random person into a vampire and that he's looked into other options, but this is the only way that he can save her life. And, like, do you want to live or not? And she's like, obviously, yeah. So he's like, okay, great. Let's start now. And so he explains, like, how it would work. So basically, once it starts, she's going to be sick for a little while, like while she changes, but then she'll become immortal and never get sick again. She'll stop aging at this point. So that's the difference between Mm -hmm. maid versus lamia. And then she'll look dead and be unconscious for a while. And then she'll just wake up. And he also tells her that a certain percentage don't survive the change. Like... People over 20 almost never do because their bodies, like, are done growing Interesting. anyway. But teenagers mostly do, but not always. So the way it works is they have to exchange blood. Oh, that's, um, that's not up to any health standards. <laughs> not at all. There's this thing called uh, communicable diseases. <laughs> <laughs> Well, apparently it's fine if you're a vampire. back in the 80s, this pandemic happened. Anyway, after the explanation, she tells him that she wants to live. And he says that if she agrees, they're going to have to go away and she'll have to leave her family and they can never know what happened to her. And she's like, I know, it'll be just like going to witness protection. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, it's more than that. Like, Night World is a very lonely world and is like, are you sure you're ready? And she says yes. So he gets into the bed next to her, just, like, sits down, and he's like, okay, this is weird that you're awake. Like, I'm used to hypnotizing people to drink their blood. And then he, like, touches her throat where he's going to bite her and then just, like, drinks her blood. Oh. <laughs> and then they have this, like, mind meld oh, while no. he's drinking her blood so they can feel each other's minds and emotions. <laughs> and she, she can, like, touch his soul. And he's like, don't look too deeply because there are things in my mind that are so dark that, like, I don't want you to see. This is Patch. <laughs> this is literally patch. Well, we're, we're going to find out what those dark things are, which is, like, nice to have that all in one. And she can she can feel that there are things that are dark but not terrible and that he has a lot of loneliness in him, like he doesn't belong in either world. So then she starts thinking about his past girlfriends and, like, who he just really used to drink blood and how she's nothing like them. And she That's hears, what they all think. <laughs> she hears James think, you don't love a girl because of beauty. You love her because she sings a song only you can understand. I'm, I'm leaving. So she just, like... She feels, like, a really strong sense of protectiveness along with that thought. Um, so she keeps, like, probing around in his mind. He's like, hey, seriously, like, stop looking around in my brain without permission. So she she pulls back, and he, like, stops drinking her blood. And she's like, you didn't tell me it would be like that. And he's like, it never was before. <laughs> so then she asks what happens next, and he's like, you have to drink my blood now. So he cuts open his uh, wrist. Uh, uh. <laughs> uh, I don't, so this is gross, but, like, true oh. crime is fine. Yeah. What's the difference? You think I can tell you? <laughs> no. Anyway. I just talked about blood. True crime doesn't always have blood in it. <laughs> okay. 
so like he explains like if you don't drink my blood, you're not going to become a vampire and you'll just die. So she drinks it and she says it tastes weird like a magic elixir. What the fuck does that mean? <laughs> I don't know. What was If someone just goes, it tastes like a magic, magic elixir. elixir, what would you even assume that tastes like? I don't know. A red Mountain potion? Dew? Ooh. No, Mountain Dew Code Red. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> so anyway, things are going well. Times are calm. Things are good. But then... Phil shows up. Middle of the night? Middle of the night. Phil. So James moves quickly, hands her a cup of water that was on the nightstand so she can, like, wash away the blood in her mouth. And then she, like, moves so that she can hide the bite on her neck. Um, But it's already, like, starting to heal. And so is, like, the wound on James's Mm -hmm. uh, hand. And Phil is pissed. He's, Poppy's like, James is just here to comfort me. And James tries to hypnotize Phil, but it doesn't work because... Phil's only looking at Poppy. And then Phil explains that he's there because he drove their mom there. I don't know why the mom's not with him, but whatever. He brought Poppy CDs in her boombox. Oh, hell yeah. I love a good boombox. <laughs> so Poppy's really touched and she feels bad because she realizes, like, just how disheveled Phil is. And, like, he looks like he's been crying. And, like, he did this nice gesture. And then their mom shows up and she's like, oh, James, like, what are you doing here? And Phil's like, oh, he was just leaving. <laughs> so James says goodbye and he promises to come back the next day. And Phil, like, walks him out and and James is, like, worried about whether or not Poppy got enough blood. But Phil is just pissed that he, like, found them together. And he's like, whatever you do with Poppy, like, it's over now. Stay away from her. Like, he's, she's, you can't play with her like your girlfriends. And James is like, I would never hurt her. But Phil obviously doesn't believe him. And now that James has been so close to Poppy, he wants to be with her like all the time. But he recognizes that sharing blood forms a powerful bond between two people and it would be wrong for him to take advantage of that bond and like Poppy's gratitude for saving her life. So he decides to like maintain some distance from her until like her mind clears up and she can make her own decisions without influence. So like great consenting logic here. That was like the biggest surprise Mm -hmm. of this book. Like this kind of like explicit discussions about like consent and like (laughs) not letting people influence your decisions is talked about Amazing. multiple times throughout this book. Amazing. So Phil is still hung up on James's girlfriends, and he can't really explain why he needs so many girlfriends and, like, why he can't keep them around for so long because he can't risk them getting attached. And he knows that Phil's just trying to look out for Poppy, and he's worried about James, like, messing with her, especially when she's, like, dying. And James is, like, keeps trying to, like, feed him, like, half-truth just to, like, get him off the trail. So he resorts to outright lies, which is capitalized in the book, like, capital O. Oh, capital L, outright lies. Okay. So he lies and he says that he's not interested in Poppy except as a friend, but it makes her feel better if he pretends that he likes her. So Phil is still suspicious and it's like it's wrong to mix her up like that and that James should just stay away. And James is like, okay, but he's obviously not going mm-hmm. to. So meanwhile, Poppy's still awake. She's listening to her mom asleep and she wants to tell her mom that like everything's going to be okay, but she can't do that without betraying James. Um, and that that's even if her mom believes her. Yeah. And then when she, she falls asleep and when she wakes up, she's like super groggy and weak. She gets brought breakfast, but she can't eat it without being nauseous. Mm-hmm. And like... She tells her mom that she knows that she's sick and that she eavesdropped and her mom is horrified. <laughs> and um, they just talk about how, like, her mom loves her so much and that how he, she and Cliff are going to do whatever they can to help her. And Poppy's like, I'm not scared. Um, I don't want you to be unhappy. And as she's saying this, she's like, oh, my God, I'm coming off like Beth from Little Women. <laughs> I've never read Little Women, so 
I don't know Beth what that is like. Beth is... Where's Shay when you need her? Oh, okay. Amy and Beth are the two oldest. No, Amy... No, Beth? I thought Amy was the youngest in that. Oh, Amy is the... What's the other one's name? Jo- there's Joe. Joe. What's the fourth one? Amy, Beth, Joe. Joe. I always confuse... Switched Amy and the other one's name. Little... Megan, Mary. Women. It starts with a M. Marjoram. Marjoram. What? Who is it? Who are they? <laughs> who are the little women? Beth is the one that dies. Wait. <laughs> oh, well, that makes more sense then. <laughs> Beth is the one that dies. Why is there no list of the character names? Meg. Meg. Beth is the one that dies. Okay. I, I've seen a, a bridged play <laughs> Sorry version. Sorry for the little women spoilers. Little Women is a tough subject for me because Timothy Chalamet was in that movie. Well, so that, And I don't trust him. That makes more sense though that Beth dies because she's like, I'm coming off like Beth from Little Women and that if she was actually dying, she would go kicking and screaming, not like all saintly and like nice. So then she goes... I thought it was like... I thought Beth had a sudden death, but was it like a... Maybe she has a moment of her... I don't know. I didn't... Who knows? Leave a comment. Leave a review telling me what happens to Beth the Little Woman. <laughs> what happens? <laughs> so then I she goes... to know. She goes, hey, Mom. So let's say there was a cure for me in some other country and I could go and get better, but I could never come back. Like, you'd know I was okay, but you could never see me again. Would you want me to do it? And her mom's like, yes. Like, all I ever want is for you to be cured and to be happy. And, like, I wish such a place existed, but... It doesn't. Then the doctors come in, give her the official diagnosis, and say that there's a few more tests that they can do to confirm it fully, but it's not necessary in her case. Like, they're yeah. pretty pretty sure. So that Poppy can just go home for now until she has further symptoms. So then at home, she calls James, and he's like, I'm going to come over right away. And then Poppy asks her mom if she told her dad, who's apparently living in Vermont now, and... Oh. At this point, he's some kind of DJ. (laughs) Nobody really knows. Who knows? And Poppy's mom wasn't able to reach him, but he'll definitely. She's like, he'll definitely come once once he finds out. So James comes over. He avoids Phil, and then he tells her that they'll both have to take more blood this time. And before they start, she's like, "Why didn't you ever like bite me before?" And you know, you had all these girlfriends. And he says that he didn't exchange blood. He only ever fed on them, and that he. the elders say that blood should only be for feeding or for the thrill of the hunt. And that's all James has ever felt before. Okay. And then he also says that taking blood can be really dangerous and that it can be done with hatred and it can kill. And Poppy is not worried in that she's like, you would never kill somebody. And he's like, I did kill someone. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why that was my reaction. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, he's like, I killed someone without exchanging blood, so they just died. So she's like a little freaked out, but she's like, you must have had a reason. Must he have? Well, she's in love with him. (laughs) This is how how girlfriends and wives become accomplices to like horrible men that commit crimes. Yeah. I feel like you, I feel like you rarely see it the other way around. I feel like well, I feel a, like the women usually kill their husbands or the husband's lover. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, he says that there were extenuating circumstances and that he was set up, but he doesn't explain the whole story. And Poppy can sense that he's really upset by the whole thing, so um, she doesn't press it further and she like feels bad like not just about like the whole like he killed somebody thing but the fact that he's had to live his whole life in the shadows (laughs) and he doesn't want her to worry about him like not when she's like facing death and 
she says that she cares about him and he says that's why he never treated her like his girlfriends because she cared, whatever. In her head, before they start the exchange, she's like trying to order him to say I love you to her, but they're not connected yet, so he can't hear her thoughts. Girl. <sighs> she's desperate. She's been in love with him for many years. Anyway, James pulls the curtains closed because sunlight inhibits vampire powers. Poppy turns on her CD player, which starts playing a, quote, velvety Portuguese lament. <laughs> don't know what that's supposed to sound like. <laughs> oh, you don't? Didn't Google that later. And uh, then they get started. So in the mind meld, Poppy tries to get close to him again, but he pulls back. And when she questions Whoa. him about it, he's like, I don't want to force you into anything. And that the blood bond means that she couldn't resist him even if she hated him. So it's not fair. After they part, she thinks it's okay if he doesn't say he loves her because they're bonded now. And like nothing can ever change that. And James starts laughing and she's like, what are you reading my mind? He's like, no, you're just projecting. <laughs> all of your thoughts right now. You're just fucking loud. And she's really good at it, which means she's, she's going to be a really strong telepath when she's a vampire. And so she asks how many more times you're going to have to do it before it's done. And he, he says once more. So the next time that they exchange blood, she's going to die. So just as she leads it to take his blood, Phil comes in, uh, starts yelling at James, obviously. Oh, yeah. Because saying that he broke their deal. So they start arguing. Poppy tries to get them to stop. And then Phil says that James is just playing with her. And that he told him that he just felt sorry for her. And that he was just pretending to like her. And Poppy is shocked. So James denies it. But Phil apparently never lies. Which means that James has to be lying. So part of her is like telling her to stop. And like think about things rationally. But she's like in no state to make crucial decisions. No. Listen to her inner voice. Because she's like experiencing blood loss. (laughs) And uh, in her shock and pain, she snaps at James, telling him that it's no wonder he never said he loved her and that he would do, quote, do all that other stuff, but not kiss her. So then Phil gets super pissed. And he killed someone. <laughs> well, he gets super pissed. He's like, what other stuff? So he starts, he punches James. Uh, he so they just start physically fighting. And then Cliff and their mom show up. And James tries telling Phil that he's the one putting Poppy in danger, but Phil won't listen. So he tackles him. And then Cliff manages to stop the fight and sends James home. So... Over the Which next... one of them is the star athlete? Phil, Phil or James? Phil. Phil, okay. He's a star athlete, but James is unnaturally strong. Okay. So over the next two days, James calls their house like eight times. Um, she picks up the first time, but then hung up, and then she answers the second time. And he tries to explain himself, but she just like won't listen. And he also tries to explain like if she doesn't take his blood, she'll be in like grave danger and she'll die, like just regular die. Her mental state is really fragile right now because of all the blood he took from her. And she like recognizes that she's kind of acting like she's drunk, but she just can't can't stop herself and he says that it's true that he told Phil that he was just pretending but it was just a lie to get Phil to like get off his back and Poppy's like I can't believe someone whose whole life was a lie just like cutting blow hangs up so Poppy's like starting to deteriorate like physically but her senses have like really heightened so like she could hear people's conversations in the hallway like as if they were she can (laughs) smell what's that like imagine if you became a vampire and like oh I could suddenly smell I'd hate it I, I don't think I would enjoy that. Yeah. That would be so overwhelming. Suddenly I can smell things. Yeah. <laughs> People listening I just, are probably so confused. They give me a weird fairy I can't tale smell. flashback and I just don't even want to go there. I, I can't smell. Hit no. me up in the comments. Let me know. It's not COVID. No. It's anosmia. It's always been this way. <laughs> anyway. Fairy um, tale? Yeah. 
There's this so Natsu has a really heightened sense of smell. Yes. And there's this part where they um they there's like a body swap and who Oh, the body swap. Yeah. I I didn't I don't think I was in the Phantom at that point, but I, like, saw it on Tumblr. But anyway. Yeah, so whoever gets into his body, I don't remember who, like, is, like, everything smells so strongly. All I remember is that Grey and Lucy shippers freaked out because Grey referenced her as being cute during that whole situation. Oh, my situation. God. <laughs> That's why it was all over Tumblr. Honestly, that episode is really funny. <laughs> <laughs> I hate that show, but that episode is actually kind of funny. Because there's also, like, the one character who's actually, like, a spirit. And yes! Like, I ends up in his body, and he's like, why does everything feel so weird? <laughs> he's my favorite character. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Anyway, it ends up with your fairy tale thoughts. Please don't. No, don't. <laughs> so after Poppy hung up the phone, James realizes, like, what he should have said to her was that he loves her. But it's too late now. Um, and all his reasons for not telling her seem so stupid now. And all he's done, like, he hadn't wanted to take advantage of her. But now all he's done is tap her veins, break her heart, and hasten her death. <laughs> okay. But now there's no time to think about that. He has a masquerade to attend. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's book two of Blue Bloods. It's not a real masquerade. It's a meeting with his mom. What? <laughs> He's just being dramatic. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> what? <laughs> so he goes and meets up with his mom and she mentions Poppy and he pretends like he's over it already and she's like oh I thought you liked her but he's like oh like losing her losing any human is just like losing a pet which is like apparently like a common line that vampires say like when yeah. humans die okay and she's like oh I'm glad you're taking it well but like if you need someone to talk to your dad knows some good therapists vampire therapists just to make that clear and then James gets up to leave and then she's like oh your ca- your cousin Ash is coming next week and he's gonna stay with Catch you him. at your apartment and James completely forgot about Ash's threat to come visit um, <laughs> but there's nothing he can do about it at this point well he's on a journey from Pallet Town <laughs> he's on the way to Viridian City yeah <laughs> Meet his friends along the way. Anyway, so James leaves and he goes to Poppy's neighborhood and he parks a few houses away and waits for Phil to leave. And as Phil drives away, James follows him. And so Phil stops at a 7-Eleven and goes in. And then when he comes out, James grabs him and drags him to the back of the store. Okay. Phil tries to fight, but James is like, I didn't come here to fight. I came to ask you something. This is a very aggressive approach. Very aggressive. He's like, do you care about Poppy? No, fuck her. <laughs> it's not cancer. I poisoned her. <laughs> That'd be a crazy twist. It's um anti-freeze poisoning. So Phil's like, obviously, and he tries to punch him, but James says that if he cares about her, you need to convince Poppy to see me. And Phil's like, why? He starts looking around the parking lot like, is anybody else seeing this shit right now? <laughs> and James tries to explain what's going on between them without like actually saying what's happening, but Phil obviously isn't buying it. And James is like, we weren't doing what you thought we were doing. And Phil's like, okay, so like, what were you doing, drugs and so James grabs Phil by the hair and exposes his neck and then shows Phil his fangs and Phil yells not in fear but in disbelief James retracts his fangs and Phil says that he always knew there was something wrong with James something weird wrong and it all makes sense now so James explains that he's turning Poppy into a vampire to save her life and Phil's like you can't do that James is like this is the only way to save her and Phil's like she wouldn't want it not at that cost and Phil's like there are some things 
humans value more than staying alive. And James tries to explain that he's not something kind of monster and feels like, if you're not a monster, then I don't know what is. And then he goes on this rant about how James is unnatural and wrong and, like, shouldn't exist. <laughs> and then James tries again to tell him that Poppy already agreed and that she wanted to be saved, then asks if Phil has ever seen a three-week-old corpse because that's what Poppy will become if he doesn't help her. And Phil's like, yeah, it really sucks that she's dying, but it's better than her turning into something that hunts and uses people. And Phil then asks if James has ever fed on Poppy, which she hasn't. It's a good thing because Phil says that he would have killed James if he had. And James believes him because even though he's stronger than Phil, he believes in Phil's like tenacity (laughs) to figure it out. Phil seems like he should be in... um True Blood, the vampire TV show. Those it was. I, I forget. watched True Blood. I I mean, it was airing when we were like ten, and I was it was rated MA. And yeah, I, I know there's a lot of sex scenes. Yeah, I was watching it for the not for the sex scenes, <laughs> for the vampire shit. <laughs> I fast forwarded the sex scenes. I was just like, nope. Well, that's good. <laughs> but there's this whole plot where, I mean, like, it's a lot. They use it to basically, like, the whole thing has to do with, like, basically racism against vampires a lot of it. Cause, and it's, like, the deep south and stuff. And there's, like, this group, anti-vampire group that, like, kidnap this, like, really old, like, prestigious, essentially, vampire. But anyway, Phil sounds like he would be one of those guys. Oh, Okay. Yeah. Interesting. So James explains to Phil then that Poppy won't fully die if she doesn't complete the process and that she would become, or she could rather, become a zombie. A zombie? A zombie. Rotting but immortal. And Phil doesn't believe him. And James says that he saw it happen to someone he cared about firsthand. And Phil's, like, still not listening. So James tells him the whole story. So back when James was four, he had a nanny, just like all the other rich kids in San Francisco. Oh, yeah. Named Miss Emma. So James was very attached to her, and his parents started to get concerned about it. So they took James on a vacation for three days and wouldn't let him feed at all. So when he got back, they sent Emma to put him to bed. And since he was four and like had no impulse control, he fed on her. And like he didn't want to. And he says he would have rather died than her, but he couldn't stop until it was too late. And he also knew that if she drank his blood, she'd become a vampire. So it'd be okay. So he cut himself and then let the blood run into her mouth. And she managed to swallow a little bit, but then his parents found them. And she didn't drink enough, so she died, but, like, not all the way. So by morning, she was walking around, but she was drooling and gray, and her eyes were flat. So her dad took her away and buried her somewhere. And uh, James is also like, I hope he killed her first. (laughs) I assumed he didn't. (laughs) We'll never know. Aw. So Phil is still just... Even after hearing the story, is dead set on not letting James anywhere near Poppy and that he's not going to let that happen to her and that he's going to go out and just tell everybody what James is. He's going to call the police and the mayor and yell it out on the street. And this is really bad because this means James is now obligated to kill Phil to save the night world, to protect it. Take the gun out. But <laughs> James doesn't kill him, though. He just tells him to go home and not say anything because if he does, the night people are going to trace it back to Poppy and they'll kill her. And uh, that the night people are everywhere. Even the mayor could be one. So Phil really shouldn't go around saying anything. So Phil goes back home, talks to Poppy, who's been craving red things like cranberry juice, which is what he'd like gone to 7-Eleven to buy anyway. And he tells Poppy that he saw James and she's still pissed at him, never wants to see him again. And then Phil asks if it's true that she agreed to turn into a vampire before she got mad. She's like, yeah, but not because she wanted to be a vampire per se, just because she didn't want to die. And she's also like fallen into denial about dying. And she's like, oh, the doctors are going to figure something out. Like, it's going to be fine. It's the first stage. 
It is. Phil leaves the house and goes to James's apartment later that evening. And James is surprised to see him. And Phil says that he wants James to help her. So that night, Poppy's tossing and turning. She knows she needs something, but she doesn't know what it is. And as she's lying awake, Phil comes into her room with James. She's pissed. She calls him the betrayer. <laughs> the betrayer. They all talk and Phil tells her that it's true that James cares about her and she gives in and feels for his mind and she feels like the intensity of his feelings for her and she's like, oh my God, you really do care. <laughs> and then James goes, there are two cardinal rules in Nightworld. One, don't tell humans it exists. Two, don't fall in love with a human. I've broken both. <laughs> Phil leaves the room. Okay. James tells Poppy that he can never tell her how he felt because it put her in so much danger. And then he gives her his wrist so that she can drink his blood. And as she drinks, she realizes that this is what she'd been craving the whole time. And like back in the mind meld, Poppy apologizes and says that she never wants her connection to end. And James tells her that vampires don't drink each other's blood. So once this changes, like she changes into a vampire, they'll never do this again. And she's shocked, upset, horrified. She's like, how can I ever survive if I can't touch his mind? Words are basically the same as smoke signals compared to this. Okay. Yeah. The mind meld thing is like really confusing Mm. to read as well, I have to admit. So when she's done, Phil comes back in and he's horrified to see Poppy with like blood on her lips. And she's like, don't knock it till you tried it. Oh, this is disgusting. (laughs) So they talk about how strange she was acting before and now that she's back to normal. And James explains that she wasn't getting enough blood to her brain. And she's confused because like he hadn't taken enough to have such an effect on her and so this is where James explains like how the change occurs so vampire blood destroys the hemoglobin the red blood cells and human blood and once it destroys enough of those cells you stop getting the oxygen you need because red blood cells mm-hmm. anybody who hasn't seen them what's that show cells at work cells at work <laughs> if you see that I show I have not seen that show me either okay anyway he explains that the vampire blood does everything a human like human blood does except carry oxygen but it can cure any disease, heal any wound, and vampires need very little oxygen because their cells are so resilient. So Poppy figures out, like, this is why vampires need human blood, and James says that there are other mystical things that human blood does too, but he doesn't ever elaborate. That human blood does? Yeah, for vampires. Oh, okay. But he doesn't ever elaborate on what those things are, so maybe okay. it's explained in later books, I'm not sure. And then he says that they need to start planning the next exchange carefully because... Poppy's going to die the next time that they do this. And James doesn't like that. But Poppy's like, I'd rather die and wake up a vampire than not wake up at all. So James suggests that they do it the next day. It's a Friday. So he tells Phil to get their parents to leave for the night. Mm -hmm. And then James and Poppy will do the exchange. And then James and Phil will just hang out until their parents will come home because they want, like their parents to discover her body essentially and that James needs to be there when the doctor and the funeral home people come. So they they tighten up the plans and those include all three of them making up in front of the parents so it's not weird that James is hanging out at their house and then James leaves. So Poppy gets really reflective the next morning. She's like thinking about everything she's leaving behind and when she sees her mom she gives her this long hug and it's like I love you so much mom. Spends the rest of the day just calling all her friends which really freaks them out because no one really knows what's going on with her and then she tried like she wishes she could call her dad but nobody's been able to reach him yet she also says that she wishes she'd actually read our town the play our town oh no instead of the cliff notes since i've never read our goodbye town. oh i was um i did lighting design for a production of it so i know i know our town or was well, i the stage man no i just did lighting yeah well she wishes she read our town because apparently it's about a dead girl 
Yes. <laughs> it's a, actually, I I mean, it, it can get, it's easy to make fun of, but it really is a good play. But there's just this, like, it's like the, the monologue of, like, uh, I forget if it's the dead girl or the dead girl's, like, love. Or some, there's someone has the monologue that's like, goodbye, Grover's Corner. I don't know why it's Southern. They're in New Hampshire. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. But basically, it just tells the story of, like, this, like, childhood friends to love her, but then early death. But, yeah, so I can see why she's talking about it. Yeah. So she and Phil convince her mom and Cliff to go out to dinner that night because she's like, oh, I'm feeling so much better. Like, you guys need a night off. James comes over. Poppy, like, wants to set <laughs> set up her room all nice. So she, like, picks up some ambient music and sets up some candles and, like, does all this shit. And James is like, this isn't a death scene. Like, what are you doing? And she's what? like, I'm changing. This is a solemn occasion a capital P passage she doesn't say capital P it's just written that way okay she's also aware like there's a chance she could still die for real like it just couldn't work so whatever she wants it to be this beautiful scene so once it's all set up die young <laughs> marry me in satin it has ever like a single episode where we haven't just burst into that song <laughs> That song is the YA anthem that song lives in my head rent free actually I think that song like I pay rent <laughs> To that song. Royalties. So once it's all set up, they, like, go over the whole plan. So James and Poppy are going to exchange blood, and then she's going to fall asleep. And James is going to give her a post-hypnotic suggestion that will wake her up when he comes for her. So when she's asleep, she's going to look completely dead. Like, she won't have a pulse. She'll be cold. She'll be dead. I also don't have a pulse, and I'm very cold. Are you sure you're not a vampire already? That's what I'm saying! (laughs) So anyway, after the exchange, they have to... James and Phil have to make it look like the cancer just killed her in her sleep. How do you make it look just like Just make that? it look like it's not suspicious. Oh, okay. I was like, there's not like, you're going to put like, put like a little footprint next to it that's the shape of cancer? <laughs> a little hair? No, they just wanted to look like she just died in her sleep. Okay. And they have to go through all the motions of like a funeral and all that jazz, and then they can escape. So they do the exchange. She starts to fall asleep. James kisses her forehead, which is her first kiss. Doesn't count. Doesn't count. I hate when people do that. Doesn't count. Doesn't count. Then he gets Phil so he can see her one last time before she goes to sleep. And he holds her hand and she starts thinking about how she never told James that she loves him and now she doesn't have enough breath to do it. And James just tells her to to sleep and not wake up until he calls for her, the post-hypnotic whatever. She starts breathing really heavily and then she goes completely still. And Phil freaks the fuck out. Yeah. And just starts going after James. Like, you killed her. She's not sleeping. She's actually dead. And they start fighting. James goes all vampire on him and is like, you need to stop. So he stops. (laughs) (laughs) Phil comes down and James explains that they have to change the plan now because they just, like, busted up her room. (laughs) And, like, we have to frame someone now. (laughs) Well, originally they were going to have, like, her mom find her. Like, she died while they were in the other room. But now they're going to play it like Phil went into check on her, found her dead, and then went berserk. Yeah, so that's they, what happened. Yeah, so they just get rid of all the candles and shit, <laughs> and then they just go and, like, sit in the living room for a little bit. So Phil's concerned that she she's still going to wake up, and James is, like, a little bit too, but he's, But they like, didn't notify anyone yet? Not yet. It's important that Phil's going to get framed for murder. No. People look at how long you spend between discovering the body and calling someone. Well, Phil's going to jail! Well, she's still warm. Oh, she's not. Yeah, she's not, not. She's not ripe yet. No, no, it's not time. Okay. Yeah, so... Never mind. James is still a little concerned, too, that she might just really be dead, and he's like, if she doesn't wake up, like, you won't have to come for me with the steak, because I'll I'll take care of it myself. Oh my god. <laughs> and then feels like, no, you can't do that. Like, I'm Poppy, gonna kill you. Poppy always stood for life. If something goes wrong now, like, you did your best. 
He's really had like a 180. <laughs> so they, they wait a little bit more time um, and then they call their parents. Okay. Because um, they, they want to wait long enough so that she's cold so no paramedics try to resuscitate her or bring her to the hospital. Mm-hmm. So their mom and, and Cliff come back and then Dr. Franklin, who's Poppy's primary care, comes. Mm-hmm. And James tells Phil that he called him because apparently in California, doctors can issue a death certificate if they've seen you within the last 20 days and know the cause of death. Um, and this is important so she doesn't go to the hospital or see a coroner because she can't get an autopsy or get embalmed or anything. <laughs> that would not go well. No. And then James also influences the funeral workers to make sure that they don't, like, don't do anything to her. And that's actually kind of a funny conversation because like as he's influencing them, he's also influencing Cliff. So they're like, talking to each other, but they're not having the same conversation. Mm-hmm. So like Cliff's, Cliff is like, oh yeah, like it's really sad, whatever. And then the embalmers or the funeral workers are like, oh, is this like a religious thing? <laughs> <laughs> completely oh my God. so then they have a like a wake and her friends and family and whatnot are there but James doesn't come to that meanwhile Poppy is dreaming she's walking on the beach with James and he's wearing a mask she says that he should take it off but he replies that he needs it for his health and that's not James's voice what Poppy pulls off the mask it's not James it's a boy with ash blonde hair and blue eyes she asks him who he is and he says something really cryptic and then he goes just remember bad magic happens. What? <laughs> Mary, I was... How far into the book are we at this point? Um, we're like halfway. Oh, it's only more half... Than, more oh than God. halfway. I thought we were, we're like, like 75% two th- two thirds, and then maybe. we're ripping this out. Okay. It's still pretty far for this weird thing to happen. Okay. So her dream gets, like, intense and then Phil shoots out of bed thinking that he heard Poppy yelling. So he just chalks it up to, like, being the morning of her funeral and, like, shakes it off. But when he gets to the funeral, who's there? Poppy and Phil's dad. Where was he this whole time? Backpacking in the Blue Ridge Mountains. Wow, that's fun. And he's just, like, overcome with grief. Like, despite the fact that he's hopelessly behind in child support (laughs) and just flaky and a failure, everyone agrees that, like, nobody loved Poppy more than he did. And he says that Poppy came to him in a dream last night. And apparently this kind of stuff has happened before and is one of the reasons that their parents got divorced in the first place because he was always talking about weird dreams and seeing things that weren't there and collecting articles about UFOs and astrology and shit. And as he tells Phil about the dream, Phil's a little freaked out because it's he's describing what happened to Phil too. Mm-hmm. So then the funeral happens. It's really sad. Everyone goes home. And then James shows up at their house and tells Phil to be ready at 11 o'clock. So Phil's confused and James is like, we have to go get her out of the grave. (laughs) She's buried right now. (laughs) And Phil's like, you're crazy. And James is like, I need your help because Poppy's going to be really disoriented and you being there is going to be like comforting. So Phil asks if James heard her last night too. And James is like, oh, she was dreaming. And then Phil says that their dad heard her too. And James is like, that's kind of weird. And he's like, I don't know. I've never done this before, but like I'm going by the book. So who knows what happened? So they meet up at the cemetery that night and they head to Toyland, which is the name for the section of the cemetery where like mostly kids are buried. That's disturbing. Yeah. So like all the gravestones have like teddy bears and things and stuff on them. And that's why it's called Toyland. They find Poppy's grave, which is Why would they put all the like... I don't know why they're all... Family plots. Not a thing. Apparently not in Los Angeles, this one cemetery. Okay. Anyway, they find her grave, and he peels up the sod, and he explains to Phil, like, they have to be really careful doing this because, like, they can make a little mess, but they can't make a big mess because that's going to be really suspicious. So they start to dig. Phil's exhausted after a while, but James keeps going. He's like, oh, we need a backhoe, and... 
then he's like, wait, you're the backhoe because James just like is super strong. And then he's like, you're why? You're the backhoe. <laughs> it's what he says. Well, he says it in his mind. I don't think he says it out loud. <laughs> then he asks James why he wasn't on any of their sports teams. And then James goes, I prefer individual sports like wrestling. And apparently this is supposed to be an innuendo because Phil's like, this is locker room talk. And then they have this like bro moment about it. Okay. Yeah. Whatever. Okay. So then they hit the burial vault. James pries that open, and then they open up the casket, and Poppy's inside. She's super pale and beautiful and, like, looks looks Oh, sure. Now super pale's beautiful. (laughs) So where's that thought been my entire life? (laughs) Again, why I've been called a vampire. (laughs) So James calls out to her for her to wake up, and her eyes open, and Phil collapses because he's just... I was a fan of this. James gets Poppy out of the hole, and Phil hugs her, and she... She looks him over and she's like, you're filthy. And he's just relieved to see that she's alive and, like, doesn't have creepy red eyes and shit. James asks how she's feeling. She's hungry. James calls Phil over to him, like, away from Poppy. But before he can move, Poppy, like, darts at him with her fangs out. But James manages to stop her. And he's like, Phil's your brother. Like, you can't eat him. (laughs) And she's confused. Like, my brother? Like, one of our kind? And he's like, no, not... Not our kind, but you can't bite him, so stop. And at this moment, it, like, really hits Phil that she's a vampire, and he's suddenly having a lot of regrets, and he's like, maybe we should just let her die. (laughs) And, like, James senses this, and he's like, no, she's just confused. Like, she's not better off dead. Like, get over it. We have to fill this hole and make everything look normal again. Fill the hole, hole Fill the hole, hole filler. That's a line that lives in my head rent free. I mean, that whole that whole show. Yeah, but especially that one. <laughs> Phil, the hole, 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 the fill. And his name was Phil. Phil Holder. Phil, fill the hole, hole filler. <laughs> Meanwhile, Poppy's like figuring her own shit out. She feels really great. She's coming to terms with the fact that her brother is like basically made of food now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> She also figures out, like, how to reveal and retract her fangs, which is fun. She's also having fun with her new sharpened senses, which includes telepathy. So she and James have a connection so they can, like, chat, like, logically and have a conversation. Go into the DMs. And they talk about, like, going hunting later. And then she also, like, looks him over and realizes he's so much hotter now that she's a vampire. Oh. So once they're done with the hole, Poppy tells them that she feels kind of weird, like she can't get a breath, and feels like, damn, me too, digging is hard. (laughs) (laughs) And James asks, like, if she can make the trip back to his apartment, because he's got some safe donors in his building. Oh, my God. So they go to the car, and James tries to hide her in the back seat, but she doesn't want to, because she wants to, like, feel the wind on her face or whatever. Um, So... He lets her sit in the front, but, like, makes her cover her face because he doesn't want anybody to see her because that'd be really creepy if someone saw, like, this recently dead girl <laughs> driving around. This urban legend star. I'm like, they're in L.A. Like, what are the chances someone's going to see her? But I guess you can never be too careful. So they start driving on back roads, and then she's suddenly hyperventilating, and her muscles are cramping, and she's just in a lot of pain. And then she smells something. They stop at a red light, and she just jumps out of the car and grabs a man on the sidewalk and bites him. So she... Drinks his blood for a little bit, and then James pulls her back, and he's like, I'm sorry, I should never have made you wait so long, but, like, you've had enough, and you need to stop. And she doesn't want to stop, because she's having a great time. So she leans in again, and James stops her again. He's like, do you really want to kill him? And this brings her back to her senses. And she's like, I could drain this man like an orange, but this is a man, not an orange. A human being. I'd been one of those, too. For drain this man. <laughs> like an orange. That's amazing. <laughs> That's one of my favorite lines. And also, this is a man, not an orange. <laughs> so she lets him go. The guy's passed out. 
He'll be fine. It's it's okay. And then they all just sit on the sidewalk. Phil's there too. He's just like a little bit farther away. He's just like appalled and Poppy can feel it. And she hears him think like, is it worth her to save her life if she's lost her soul? James yells at Phil and he's like, she was experiencing horrible bloodlust and it's not like being thirsty. It's like suffocating. Like your cells mm-hmm. start to die from oxygen starvation. Oh, no. It's like the worst pain in the world. But even through all of that, Poppy didn't go after Phil who was in the car with them. So she's fine. So Phil apologizes but Poppy's still a little bit like worried and she's like did I really turn into something awful and James is like it's fine (laughs) (laughs) it's not comforting he says something better than I okay write it down they get to James's building and James tells Phil to take the car back to his house and Phil's like can't you take her to like your parents house because he doesn't (laughs) want them to be alone because he's still like working through his brother complex or whatever James is like no nobody knows about Poppy she needs to be kept secret no one can know so he's like okay we'll talk about it later and James is like no you're done it's just Poppy and me now so like go home live your normal life and never tell anybody what happened and so Phil and Poppy have a touching farewell and then he leaves James and Poppy go to his apartment and she checks herself out in the mirror and she's like super happy to see that she's like way hotter now (laughs) why? I I don't know okay so she like checks out her fangs and whatever and um then she leaves she's in the bathroom she goes out and she finds James laying on his bed like half asleep and so he gets up and offers to sleep on the couch and Poppy's like no like you're dead tired like you should sleep in bed and like I know I'm safe with you I've always been safe with you and then she says that she forgot to tell him that she loved him when she was falling asleep and he says that she'd only forgotten to say it with words And then she sits next to him and they like cuddle or whatever. And he tells her he loves her and that there's this thing in the night world called the soulmate principle. (laughs) I've never enjoyed soulmate. Me either. As a concept. Yeah, soulmates are not my favorite thing ever. Um, And I completely forgot about this whole aspect. So apparently soulmates is like the theme of this book, like the volume. Mm -hmm. It all has to do with soulmates. So I don't know how I forgot about that. Ugh, no. Anyway, the soulmate principle says that every person has a soulmate out there just one and that person is perfect for you and is your destiny but most people never find their soulmate just because of distance so most people go through their whole lives like feeling incomplete and poppy is like i always knew you were perfect for me ever since we met and james is like me too but i'd always ignored it because of the laws of the night world and so poppy asks him about all the specifics of like her being a vampire now and he says like they're basically the same but like poppy's never gonna age and she could never have a family and she can read minds now and that no vampire can read every mind and that he personally just generally gets like a general feeling of what people are thinking and the only way to make a connection is to like feed on them so vampires have to feed about once a day but they can eat human food but it has no nutritional value and the more blood that they have in them the stronger their abilities are can heal from practically anything except for wood or burning and vampires in this world can very very rarely shapeshift um, but other beings in the night world can do all kinds of shapeshifting apparently okay James sleeps in a sealy posturepedia not a coffin. <laughs> Good to know. Good. I don't know if that was like if a... If this book came out product now, placement. It, it would be like a Casper. Casper. Yeah. I have a purple. <laughs> and like they can cross running water, eat garlic, enter people's homes without being invited and all that jazz. And then he tells her about the Night World Clubs, which are in every big city and they're super varied, but they're all safe spaces for night people and they're all marked by a black flower. He also has a watch with a black iris on the face of it and he says that this will identify you to other night people 
people, even stupid werewolves. He says that all types of night people intermingle, but they can't marry outside of their own kind, and that there are two kinds of witches, those that know about their heritage and get trained, and then those that don't. And those that don't, like, they'll still develop latent abilities, but they usually get... Oh, I wonder who (laughs) might be one of these untrained witches. Yeah, who knows? Huh. And they usually get written off as psychics and whatnot. So humans are never allowed into these clubs except as pets or whatever. Although apparently if you just have a watch with a black iris, it'll be fine. (laughs) (laughs) The unfortunate trend that unfolds. They're like, fuck, we need a new symbol. Yeah. So the next morning, Poppy finds James in the kitchen. She's feeling kind of weak. Um, It's because the sun's out. And so he explains again, like about how the sun is bad for vampire powers. And she's more sensitive because she's new. And he's like, I got to go talk to my parents because he forgot about Ash coming. And he needs to convince his parents to keep him away and like not send him to the apartment. And Poppy's like, whoa, you have cousins? And... He's like, yeah, they live back east in a safe town that's just full of night people. He hates Ash because he's cold-blooded and the (laughs) ultimate vampire who only cares about himself and loves to make trouble. So he's like, I can't trust anybody to know about you now, especially not Ash. So he's going to go, like, figure out a solution. So now that she's alone, she doesn't know what to do with herself and she ends up calling her mom. She doesn't say anything on the phone. She just listens when her mom picks up. And her mom, like, isn't even phased by the silence and just, like, it's like, hello, hello, and then hangs up. (laughs) So Poppy cries about it, just thinking about how her whole family's at home and Poppy's not there and she'll never see them again. So she starts distracting herself by snooping around the apartment and then the door opens. So she assumes it's James because whoever it is has a key, but... It's not James. It's Ash. It's a boy with ash blonde hair. Oh my God. He's very good looking, built like James, but a little taller, maybe a year older, with longish hair. His face is a nice shape with clean cut features and wicked eyes. It's Ash. Poppy's like, oh my God, you were in my dream. You said bad magic happens. And he's like, oh, you're a psychic? And she's like, what? And Ash explains, like, he got the keys from his Aunt Maddie and that James probably told her to keep him out. And she's like, haha, why would he say that? And he's like, I'm bad. (laughs) He literally says that. He literally says, I'm bad. Okay, Ash. So Poppy figures that she should keep him busy until James gets back. And so she tries to make conversation without outing herself as a new vampire. So he's like, you haven't told me your your name yet, little dreamer. Oh. She's like, oh, it's Poppy. And she immediately regrets this just in case James's mom told Ash that his friend Poppy recently died. But it's too late now. And Ash is like, oh, that's a good lame name. And like, all these vampires these days are giving their children human names and it's so stupid like I have three sisters named Rowan, Kestrel, and Jade and like those are good good old fashioned names <laughs> and okay. then Poppy's like huh, just like being named Maddie and he's like huh like it's short for matter she's like okay <laughs> Oh. So then Ash is like, oh, it's nothing against James since, like, things are so different out here in California since you have to intermingle more. And then Poppy's, like, trying to change the subject to talk about music because she, like, knows so much about music or whatever. She goes, like, a little too hard trying to blend in. She's like, do you like any vermin music? I hate this. Yeah. And then she launches into, like, a deep dive. But then he stops her and he's like, sweetheart, we need to talk before James gets back. (laughs) And she's like, what? And then he projects into her mind. He's like, it's not your fault you can't shield your mind and she's like oh spit what it's because you didn't want to say shit 
she just goes, oh, spit. I hate that. Me too. And he's like, listen, it's fine. I know you're illegal. James has been a bad boy. Oh my God. I mean, Ash probably really vibes with that. So Poppy's suspicious, but Ash is like, I like James. He's a little soft on humans. So like, I don't want him dead, do you? And she's like, of course not. So then Ash is like, okay, so here are the facts. First, you were once human, which is fine. Cause like what you are now, that's all that matters. But James changed you without clearing it with anyone. And I assume he broke cover and told you about Nightworld before doing so. And Poppy's like, mm, maybe he didn't tell me anything before he did it. And Ash is like, no, he definitely wouldn't do that. He's got all these radical permissive ideas about humans having free will. <laughs> Anyway, so the point is that James has committed at least two capital offenses, but it's most likely three because Ash doubts he would do it any of it without being in love with her first. So Poppy's like, I can't believe you can make laws about not falling in love. And Ash is like, okay, but this is the exact situation, uh, like, for why that law exists. And, like, elders can't actually legislate how you feel, but they can terrorize you into keeping your feelings inside so strongly that you don't even admit them to yourself. Oh, my God. And Poppy's like, okay, well, we can't change the past, so now what? (laughs) And Ash is like, simple. You have to leave and never come back. Not to worry, though. I have got some cross cousins in Vegas who will put you up, but we need to leave now. And Poppy's like, what? And Ash is like, don't worry. I'll explain on the way. (laughs) And Poppy's like, no, I should probably wait for James to get back. And Ash is like, James can't even know where you're going because she's putting James in danger just by existing. And anybody who looks at her is going to know what she is and that's just going to get him in trouble. And so they need to leave now before he gets back. And she can't let him know where they're going because if he knows, he'll definitely come find her. So she leaves him a note anyway um, that doesn't say where she's going. She's just like, I just love you so much. Like... It's okay. Ash and I went somewhere. Miss you. Uh, leaves it on his bed. She cries while she writes it. She's poetically staining the paper. Oh, good. <laughs> and then as they go, she's like, um, actually, aren't I putting you in danger too by being with you? And Ash is like, I'm willing to take that risk. I have that much respect for you. <laughs> what? Yeah. So why would she trust anything this guy is saying? Yeah. So James rushes back to his apartment after finding out his mom already sent Ash over. So he gets there, finds the place empty, finds the note, which throws him into a rage. He calls his mom and leaves a message that's like, hey, just letting you know, I'm going to be gone for a few days. If you see Ash, call me. And then and there's this line in the book where he goes, he wasn't a child anymore. In the last week, he'd been through the crucible. He faced death <laughs> and found love. He was an adult. So um, <laughs> he, I don't remember the, 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 the flow of the the crucible going from death to finding love. He facing death. To I find- think they mean like the literal like object of a crucible. I don't know. What is a crucible? It's like a cup. So I don't know what that I thought it was a weird version of a crucifix. No, it's a cup. What does a cup have to do with death and love? Why is the I don't play know. called the crucible? I don't know. I'm not. I'm not gonna look it up right now. I thought now. this had to do with the Bible, cause like Bible okay, crucifix, I'm Bible. I'm okay, I'm googling, I'm googling it. I'm googling. Crucifix plus Bible. Crucible. crucible, a ceramic or metal. Wait. Oh, here we go. Sorry, there's two definitions. I only read the first one. <laughs> so it's a ceramic or metal container in which metals or other substances may be melted or subjected to very high temperatures, or a situation of severe trial or in which different elements interact, leading to the creation of something new. So I guess it applies. Okay. So anyway. it's not just a hybrid of the word crucifix and Bible. <laughs> no. That's what I assumed it was. Really? Up until this point? I was like, it has, I didn't know what the crucible was, but I assumed it had something to do with Jesus because crucifix, Bible, crucible. No. And that's a, you know, it's about religion. <laughs> I see your logic. <laughs> 
We're adding this to the list of dumb shit Renee thought. <laughs> Add it to the counter. I have a track of a record. But anyway, he's just pissed and like ready to fight God. So he's just storms out of his apartment. He drives to Phil's house and Phil like senses his presence before he even knocks on the door. And Phil goes outside and James is like, Poppy's missing. And um, my cousin Ash took her somewhere. And Phil's like, who's Ash? And James goes, he's dead. As a That's response. That's not... It's not a... That's not an answer, but yeah. So they get in James's car, and he explains that Ash probably manipulated Poppy's feelings to get her away. And then Phil asks why, and James is like, there's probably two reasons. First, it's because he likes girls, and second, it's because he likes to play with things. So he'll probably just mess with her for a while. Then when he gets bored, he'll turn her into the elders who are going to kill her. Oh, okay. And so James guesses that they're going to go somewhere in the night world. And the nearest city that's controlled by the night world is Las Vegas. Sin City. Feels like, bow, I, thought bow, the, bow. I thought the mafia controlled Vegas. And James is like, <laughs> yeah, it's just a different mafia. So... Phil's concerned because Vegas is so big, so it's going to be hard to find her. But James says that he knows exactly where they'll go because some of his cousins are actually witches. They're like adopted cousins from like way down the line. And they wouldn't know that Poppy was an illegal vampire. So meanwhile, Ash is explaining the same things to Poppy in a way more like, this is a fun trip to like have like help you and have fun mm, kind of way. Okay. And then so they arrive in Vegas and he pulls her into this alleyway away from the strip. And then they go into a building where Ash introduces Poppy to his cousins Blaze and Thea. Poppy's feeling weak because she hasn't fed like a day now and Thea offers herself as a donor but Poppy's freaking out because she doesn't want to like out herself as a newbie and she doesn't know exactly how to control herself yet but she remembers how James gave her blood and like drinks as calmly as she can and then she also realizes that witches are just regular humans who have powers so she finishes up there's no incident and Thea's like don't let Ash get you run down like that and they meet back up with him and Blaze. And Blaze is like, so I can assume you came for the party? Like, one of the elders, Terry, the, spelled the French way. T-E-R-I? No. Well, is this French T-H-I-E-R-R-Y? I assume it's pronounced Terry, but I don't know. To be The honest. only thing I can think of that's close to that is this tennis player who's Dominic Tiem. Team? Or however, it's T-H-I-E-N. It's a French male given name. That's weird. I don't know why he has a French name because he's well, not... Blaze is French, too. Yeah, but this guy is, like, from fucking, like... He's, like, the original vampire. So why is he French? Like, from, like, fucking 10,000 BC. Changed their name at some point. It's Blue Bloods all over again. Uh, apparently. Anyway, one of the elders, Terry, is throwing a solstice party, and Ash is really tempted to go, but he's like, I've, I'm gonna show Poppy around, and Blaze is like, oh, well, you guys can come later, and she's giving Ash, like, a really intense look, and he's like, okay, sure, and Poppy's like, there's something weird going on between them, but she's not really sure what. So Ash and Poppy head to the strip, and he tells her about how the summer solstice is the longest day of the year, and it's a holiday for night people because it's a very magical day. Did she not know that the solstice was the longest day of the year? No, that's just like an extra detail. Okay, I would be concerned. No. And he's also like, I can't take you to the party because it's going to be dangerous for you because there'll be lots of vampires, obviously. So then they go to some fake volcano attraction (laughs) and Ash tries to put an arm around her and she hits him and she's like, I don't know why you think I'm your date, but I'm definitely not. And he's like, come on, like once we get to know each other, it'll be fine. And she's like, if I can't be with James, I'm not going to be with anybody. So he's like, okay, fine. So if romance isn't an option, let's just go to the party. And Poppy's like, didn't you literally just say it was too dangerous? And he was like, no, that was just a lie to get you alone. I'm like, sorry. Hey. <laughs> so she's like, maybe we can go back to your cousin's place. And he's like, oh, they, they're not going to be there. So she doesn't want to be alone with him anymore. So she 
they go to the party. Meanwhile, James and Phil arrive in Vegas and James goes in to meet Thea, who tells him what happened. And James is really concerned because he knows that Poppy's only useful to Ash so long as like he could play with her. So she's in danger. So Thea tells him to go to the solstice party because they're probably there by now. And he's concerned because it's being thrown by an elder. So he goes back to where Phil's waiting with the car and they head to the party. When Ash and Poppy get there, it's filled with mostly teenagers and only a few adults, which is like weird because like it makes sense logically knowing what Poppy knows, but it's just weird because she sees this guy who looks 19 looking, talking with someone who looks four. It's very confusing. (laughs) But yeah, Terry is tall, blonde, beautiful, and pensive, and he's so old he used to live in a cave. This doesn't say anything about age. Anyone can live in a cage. (laughs) Cage, a cave. But yeah, he he was like the first made vampire or something. Like, the lore is that the first Lamia was like a really powerful witch. Interesting. Who drank blood to like do something. I don't know. To stay youthful? I don't remember. Maybe. Probably. So, Poppy asks what the elders do, and Ash is like, they make the rules, and he smiles at Poppy like a snake, and then this is when Poppy realizes what he's trying to do. So she confronts him, and he's like, of course I brought you here to turn you in. Like, you shouldn't exist. And she's like, Blaze knew too, and she didn't care. And he's like, yeah, duh. Like, that's why they were having that weird look earlier. So they're like out on this balcony alone now. So she tries to dr- jump off the balcony. Nice. <laughs> Meanwhile, James gets to the party and he's like, Phil, you need to stay outside with the car because if you go in, you're going to die. <laughs> <laughs> so he runs in. Ash is holding Poppy back, but she's trying to fight him. She starts yelling into his mind, which inflicts some kind of, like, psychic damage or something. Nice. So she just keeps yelling louder and louder until he lets go. And he tries to grab her again, but he's stopped by James, who just arrives. And she's like, oh, my God, James, are you okay? And he's like, I'm fine. Let me just kill this guy real quick, and then we'll go. Oh, my God. And Poppy's like, we should just leave. But Ash wants to fight. And then Phil shows up, and this is really exciting for Ash. And Phil's like, I'm going to kill you myself. And Ash is like, hmm, well, there's three of you now, so I'm at a disadvantage. So... I give up. (laughs) And James is like, okay, so we're going to leave and you're not going to tell anybody about what happened here. And Ash is like, I wasn't going to anyway. Like, I was just having a little fun. It was all a joke. Mm -hmm. And Poppy tries to read his mind, but she can't. Ash has been really hard to read this whole time. And she can't tell if it's just because he never means anything he says or if she just can't read his mind or whatever. But he's the most infuriating person she's ever met. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. I mean, he did abduct her. Yeah. So they get ready to leave. And James is like, Ash, like, you're going to care about someone one day and it's gonna hurt a lot and Ash is like "Mm, seems unlikely like you're a really bad fortune teller but your girlfriend's a good one you should ask her about her dreams sometime and like check out her family tree she yells really loudly (laughs) and Poppy's like what so they leave and nobody stops them they get out without like anybody realizing what's going on. I and mean, when they get in the car and drive away, Phil's like, what does he mean like checking out the family tree? And then James asks how Phil knew where to find them. And he says that he followed all the shouting and James is like shouting. And Phil's like, yeah, like the shouting when she was yelling at Ash and Poppy's like, you could hear that? Like, could everybody hear that? And James says, no, cause it was all telepathic. Yeah. And then he asks her about her dream. And she says that she dreamed about meeting Ash before she actually did. So So everything starts to make a lot of sense. And he goes, oh, so somewhere in your line, there's a witch. Wow. (laughs) So Phil's like, no fucking way. And James is like, yeah, they're the second kind of witch that doesn't know their heritage. And lots of things about their dads are making sense. Yep. All that jazz. And this is a huge relief because it means that she and Phil were always night people all along. (laughs) 
So they have every right to know about the night world. So no Not breaking ever... any laws. Yeah. Well, he still made her into a vampire, but I guess it's fine. Yeah. So no one can ever separate them again. So that's great. So Poppy's really relieved and she makes James pull over so that she can kiss him. And apparently this is fine for James because he or for Phil because he okay. doesn't say anything about it. And they just start driving again and he's like, where are you guys going to go? And Poppy's like, oh, we'll just meet up with dad. Like, we'll just stay with him and then like we can go wherever we want after that. And Phil's like, okay, well, I don't want any part of Night World. Like, just putting that out there. I just want to live in the normal human world. You guys live your best lives, but I'm out. And James and Poppy are fine with that. So James still doesn't approve of vampires, but he realizes, like, they're not as bad as he thought they were. He says that vampires don't treat their food any worse than humans do. And in some ways, it's better because they they don't cage up humans or anything. (laughs) And Poppy's been doing some thinking as well. And she's like, why don't we just drink animal blood? And James is like, it's not the same as human blood, but, like, there are some animals that are good to drink, like deer and whatever. I mean, if the main benefit is oxygen, why has it got to be human? I don't know. So Poppy's like okay, so, like, we can have some animals and then there are some human donors we can use as well. So, like, we can alternate so we don't have to be horrible blood-sucking monsters. And James is like, yeah, okay. And so Poppy's just happy that they get to be together forever, whatever. And then James, like, speaks to her telepathically and is like, I can't wait with that telepathy of yours. You realize what we can do, don't you? And she's like, oh, James, do you think? <laughs> then what? He, then he goes, I'm certain. The only thing that makes exchanging blood so special is that it enhances telepathy. But you don't need any enhancement, you little dreamer. I... What? I don't know what this what is supposed to about? mean. No, I don't. <laughs> I don't know. I, the only thing I can think of is when she got all upset that there wasn't going to be the mind melding. Yeah, I don't know. But, uh, is that what they're referencing? Maybe. He's making it sound like a sex thing. <laughs> I know. I'm like, is this a sex thing? I don't want it to be. Yeah, and then Phil chimes and he's like, do you guys want some privacy? Because <laughs> he can hear their thoughts too. And James is like... <laughs> James is like, we can't have any privacy with you around. So they go back to their house very late that evening. And Poppy goes into their mom's room and sends her a message telepathically, just letting her know she's okay and she loves her and not to worry. And then she leaves and says goodbye to Phil outside, who, like, apparently hasn't been reported missing. Nobody's worried about him, even though he's been gone all day. That's fine. And then she and James drive off into the night. Uh, and that's the end. Wow. Yeah. So Ash is the main character of the second book. I'm not surprised. <laughs> and then Thea and Blaze are the main characters in book three. Okay. So I mean, I'm excited to read about what the fuck happens there. All I know is Ash has to go find his sisters or some shit. And then Blaze and Thea get into a fight over a boy. Oh, fun. So yeah. I did look up the fan fiction community. <laughs> oh, how is it? So there's like nothing on AO3. Yep. But there's like a pretty decent collection on, on fan fiction. People seem to like Ash's pairing from the second book the most. Interesting. So I guess... I mean, I can see why they people are obsessed with Ash. He's the kind of character that people... Yeah. I That didn't surprise me at all. Fall for. And there's there's also a lot of OC fix, which doesn't surprise me at all. No, it does not. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, I was obsessed with these books in middle school, but I really did not remember any any of this, nice. any plot points. But um, it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be, to be honest. Seems like you're pretty generic, like not great, not bad. Yeah. Kind of. I would read this over Twilight any day. I would read anything over Twilight. Yeah, I mean, it's a low bar, but in terms of comparing vampire fiction to vampire fiction, I would definitely read this. I'd read Vampire Night. (laughs) (laughs) We recently rewatched Vampire Night. Oh, I only the first season. I'd say this is definitely an improvement 
from elsewhere. Oh yeah, I mean this was like fun to read. This like this there were some cringy moments. Yeah, but there was like at least four times when they talked about consent, which was really unexpected, especially for vampire books. In the 90s? <laughs> yeah. Well, because, yeah, like, vampire books are notorious for, first of all, age gap. No age no gap. No age gap. And then second of all, like, weird manipulation tactics. Yeah. Which they go out, James goes out of his way to, like, being very explicitly clear about what's going on and making sure that she agrees and, like, is informed and under her own power to make these decisions. I think this is from the woman that brings us Vampire Diaries. Well, I went deep down the Vampire Diaries rabbit hole on the wiki today. Yeah. So I'm really excited to go through that at a later date. Oh, those books. I barely remember anything from the books. It's been so long since I read them. And I watched yeah. some of the show. Yeah. So now it's like one of those things where it's the distinction between show and Yeah, because the show is so so kind different. Oh, yeah. They really just take character names and that's they, about it. Yes. I just remember watching it and it was like, honestly, like the first or second episode, they totally changed up like Damon's entrance and everything. Like they told his. Well, they removed like one of my favorite characters, like one of her friends is just not there anymore. Meredith. Oh my God. <laughs> I forgot. She's like the only one of their friends that is just a normal human person. Oh. Uh... Yeah. And apparently Meredith gets her own trilogy like later on oh in the God. series, but that's after LJ Smith got fired from the publisher. Amazing. Oh. We're on that. That's a cliffhanger for the the Vampire Diaries drama. Yeah. Well, episode. next week we're going on the the uh, the YA spectrum a little more. A little. We're leaning a little a little more. I wish you guys could see this. We're going a little more to the Y side. A little more to the Y. A little more Did to you the know? Y side. Apparently, half of YA readers are just regular as adults. That does not surprise me. Me either. <laughs> I feel like that's, yeah, that's not too surprising. Um, we're going a little more on the Y side. Um, we're, uh, one of their te- fun teasers there for this book that I'm reading. Um, alchemy. The understanding. <laughs> we're bringing it back to alchemy. <laughs> the science of understanding, understanding, deconstructing, and reconstructing matter. Alchemy is not an all-powerful art. Yeah, so we're getting into alchemy. We're getting into mythology. Oh, History, mythology, alchemy. There's going to be a Lord of the Rings reference. Oh, that's fun. <laughs> which, if you know anything about me, which no, no one listening does, no one <laughs> listens to this podcast. <laughs> well, now you know. <laughs> You've learned a lot about me. I'm a vampire who loves Lord of the Rings. But I can't smell. No. Anyway. Anyway. Well, that's how we know you're not actually a vampire because you can't smell. Uh-huh. But yeah, so we're going to get into some uh, some magic. The author has really... In- I can't wait to reveal the author's name. I don't know what it is. You don't know what it is? Well, I can't wait. That's on next week. Next week. Uh, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Why a Book Podcast. And send us emails at whyabookpodcast at gmail.com. <laughs> Please send us emails. I want to read them. Yes. Okay. Okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs> I'm about to go bother the cat.